Snap Judgment Stephanie Fu, always somewhere where she's not supposed to be, brings us a story. Linda came from Boston, from a well-to-do Jewish family of lawyers and doctors who told her she needed to do good in the world. She wasn't exactly sure what that meant, but she went to an Ivy League, got a PhD in anthropology, and right out of grad school, she left to do something good. She went to Louisiana to help the Kwasati, a small, impoverished Native American tribe. Right after she first got there, she gave a presentation to a bunch of suits at a fundraiser for the tribe, a member of the Kwasadi tribe, Bertney Langley, watched in the audience. So I expounded and thought that I did great, and it was, you know, I even had a PowerPoint. After the talk, I asked him if he wanted to share anything from the tribal perspective, and he got up and he said, I'll tell y'all why she really came to the South, if you want to know. She heard there were good-looking men here. So, of course, the whole crowd started laughing, and they went up to talk to him. So we went outside, and I said, why did you do that to me? That, you know, that just totally undercut. Or, And he said, well, basically, I thought you were sounding a little too much like the great white hope. We invited you for a project that we thought you could help with. You know, you're not coming to save us. We've heard that before. And ask us a little more of what our you know, our thoughts are uh, before you come and expound widely, you know, on, on, like, you're not the voice of my my people. Um, And it was a a shock to me. Brittany had been apprehensive about letting her help his tribe in the first place because though she was an excellent grant writer, she did seem really naive. When she told me that she was an anthropologist, it kind of crossed my mind. These are the people that digs up the bones of my ancestors and study them. And I really didn't want to meet with her. (laughs) I just thought she didn't really understand what this was about. And I had told her, we don't have time to teach. We have to show it by how we do things around here. And so Bertney did the last thing Linda expected. He extended an invitation. I said, if you really want to learn, come stay with my mother. You have to really live over here to, to really understand what I'm talking about when I do tell you stories of my people. Were you surprised when she actually did come? Kind of. I said, it must have been really bad where he came from if you like living out here with us. <laughs> Linda moved to Elton, Louisiana, population 1,000. But she was excited. She realizes how sheltered she was now. But back then, she thought it was going to be kind of like the horse whisperer, like she'd learn how to talk to animals and get close to nature through Native American legends. Of course, that's not how it was. It was a lot harder. Brittany wasn't just an exceptionally brusque kind of guy. Everyone in the tribe was just as straightforward as he was. His brother actually said to me once, it really hurts you to be humble, doesn't it? Wow, you struggle with that. And how did it feel to hear that? <laughs> that was worse than being told I had been the great white hope. I'd probably say 50 words for his every one. And we're riding along in the car, and his mom said, turns to me, and she said, why do white people talk so much? Of course, that shut me up, right? <laughs> how do you answer that? And she's thinking about it, genuinely thinking about it. 
you know, finally she said, I think they like the sounds of their own voice in their own ear. So, of course, I couldn't say anything to that. I think when I met his mom, I was just so struck by she seemed the most genuine, the most... Um, when I met his mom, at Cl- I realized this is... They know who they are. They're totally fine. And it was like, that's where I began to really feel like my education started. It was like I was back in first grade. Can you tell me about when you first realized that she was, like, getting it? It seems like once we got into a rhythm of working together, everything fell into place. Once she learned how we operated and whatever, she was able to, to fit in and to help. With the tribal program, she was good at what she did, so she was able to teach some of our people how to handle programs and encourage some of the youngsters to go to college. Linda got the tribe a lot more money for education, for finding jobs, for teaching young people how to speak the Kwasadi language which had been on the brink of extinction. And just as everything was coming together, Linda's family called her up and was like, okay, that's nice. When are you coming back? My aunt's, you know, typical Yenta style had arranged a guy for me. He was all dinners and flowers and walks and looking at the sunset and romantic cards. And and the guy was starting to say, when are you coming back to the Northeast? And he started coming down here, like, hey, where, where, <laughs> when is this year getting close to 30? After five years living with the Kwasadi, she had to make a choice about moving back to the East Coast and starting the rest of her life. So Brittany made a suggestion. And he first said, well, maybe we could do this, this be a permanent partnership. And the first time I thought about it, I thought, I don't, that's really unusual. What do you mean permanent partnership? <laughs> I don't know how he phrased it, but he was talking about getting getting married. He said, instead of going back to the Northeast, stay, we'll get married, and we'll keep doing this. You know, he said, talk to my mom and see what she thinks. And she said that it makes sense. I don't know. We just were together all the time anyway. You know, we didn't have time to date anywhere, anyone else. <laughs> Was there no um, romance before the uh, we'll get married part? Was there any romance? Not that I remember. We always worked, it seemed like. Yeah. I had been raised not to date outside. I'm full-blooded Jewish, and he's full-blooded Indian. And Jews only date Jews, and Indians only date Indians. So it never made sense to date. Can you tell me at what point uh, she began to uh, seem... More than just a co-worker? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been a first time that you guys, you know... Don't feel bad. There have been so many people that have tried to get him to answer this <laughs> in various ways. He told somebody it was an arranged marriage. Straight face. And after the guy left, I said, why did you say that? He said, how else do you explain it? <laughs> well, okay, how would you explain it? I can't remember either. It just really seemed like the right thing to do. It was an arranged marriage by the creator. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) If something is right and something you can do good in the world, go ahead and do it. Don't waste time because you don't know what tomorrow is going to have. And Go ahead. So from the first time that we brought it up to actually getting married was probably under a month. Would you say? Probably. 
But her marriage with Brittany was very different than the relationship she had with her romantic suitor back in the Northeast. For one thing, Brittany would never read her a sonnet. He didn't even say, I love you. Part of it was coming to learn their language. What, what actually would you say if you were going to be romantic? There's no words. People ask us all the time, translate the phrase, I love you. And we can't translate it. It's um, all the things you read on Valentine's cards and stuff. There's, what would you say? I don't know. I asked his mom once, well, if there's no way to say I love you, how do your children know? Because you have to tell them every night, right? And she just looked at me and she was like, in the white world, your, your children can't tell that you love them unless you tell them? <laughs> Our children know that they're loved and they're safe and they're secure. And, and it's such a difference of, of actions versus words. The way he was raised is show it. And he kept on showing it making time for things she wanted to do, respecting her feelings, running errands, taking care of the kids, getting tickets to things she wanted to see. He did this through 20 years of marriage and two children. And I am so glad that I've lived my life this way. I sleep well every night. The kids are happy. You know, we've got a rich, full life together. I have never regretted any choice I've made. Do you tell each other that you love each other now? What for? Brittany and Linda Langley still live in Elton, Louisiana, where they still do not speak to each other. Happily. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.